Welcome back everyone to the third episode of The Young Man and the Sea. For this episode, we are talking about dolphins. And why are we talking about dolphins? Well, we received a lot of positive feedback um, on the story Francesco told in the first episode where he saw the sperm whale. And we thought it would be interesting to see how he got to the point of actually meeting the sperm whale and if there was anything else that was interesting uh, going on during that internship. So... Francesco is mostly going to talk about his experiences uh, during the summer that he worked with dolphins. So, Francesco, you mentioned in the first episode that you were working in Italy and that you were working with dolphins. Yes. Uh, Last year, in uh, June 2019, I did an internship in Imperia, which is a city uh, in Liguria, one of the north regions in Italy. And there was this internship that I took part of it. It's called Costa Balene, but especially in the project Delfini del Ponente, which means dolphins of the west, which is the west of Italy, of course. This project uh, is um, based in the Ligurian Sea, which is... uh, uh, the, the place where uh, most of the species of the cetaceans can be seen in, uh, in the Mediterranean. So there's a lot of uh, different species and that's why there's a lot of projects and a lot of people uh, studying and working with the cetaceans there. How, how did you get that internship? Because that just sounds really cool. That sounds like a dream job for a lot of people, I guess, just to work with dolphins. Yeah, of course, uh, it wasn't easy, but uh, I had uh, previous experience with dolphins. I worked with uh, Tetis, which is another uh, important uh, uh, important uh, company that works with um, cetaceans in the Mediterranean. So I had some previous um, experience with dolphins, so probably is one of the reasons why they choose me. And as well, because uh, I, I had some... Uh, uh, I think good uh, good points on my on my CV, of course. That is really nice. So they hired you, and they were like, "Okay, Francesco, this is your first day. This is what you're gonna do." What what did they say? What were you actually gonna do there? The first day was a bit confusing because I didn't know what to do. But of course, then they explained. This project is all about research and um, collecting data about the bottlenose dolphin which is the uh, dolphins that we all know about. The one, unfortunately, is on uh, many different um, uh, aquariums. So it's the big dolphins, it's the big gray dolphin that we all love. And uh, they do research about this uh, population, which is uh, stable in uh, this uh, part of the Ligurian Sea. And they collect uh, not only photos, but as well GPS uh, positions and uh, other different species that can interact with the dolphins and of course if you're lucky enough other species of cetacean such as sperm whale and uh, the common dolphin yeah of course we heard about the sperm whale encounter last time did you have any uh, encounters like that with the bottlenose dolphins uh, we had um, 
Uh, of course, many encounters with the bottled dolphins, but of, we saw as well the common dolphins a couple of times, and they they are different from the bottlenose dolphins. They are smaller, and they they tend to stay offshore more. The bottlenose dolphins are in general uh, coastal dolphins, so they are in within like three, four nautical miles uh, from the shore. Uh, but the common dolphins they say they stay offshore more. But we were lucky enough to see them. And of course, we saw the sperm whale very, very close to the coast, about uh, 1.5 nautical miles. And yeah, that was the coolest encounter in my life, I think. Yeah, it absolutely sounds awesome. You mentioned that the project collected data like GPS data and photos with dolphins. So this is what you did as well? Yeah, basically, I was, uh, of course, I was um, a research helper, so I was helping the main research, Davide, who was uh, collecting photos with uh, different cameras. So sometimes I was uh, helping with that. And of course, I, I was in the, in the one in charge of the recording of the GPS positions of the dolphins. I was in charge as well of checking the sea state when we saw the dolphins. Um, and of course other species of birds, for example, they were around the encounter. And uh, yeah, every half an hour in a normal day of sighting, we were recording uh, different um, uh, different characteristics such as boats. And because um, sometimes when there is dolphins, we, we need to record the boats because uh, they make interaction with the boats such as trawlers for fishing or private uh, uh, vessels and they do some interactions with them they follow them or they they get scared or stressed so we have to record them as well and I was in charge of that okay so you basically collected a whole bunch of pictures uh, of dolphins which is evidence that they were in specific places and information about the environment uh, at the time that you saw them is that correct yes yeah exactly uh, it's always important to record the, the characteristic of, as you said, the environment around them to understand what they're doing and how can we uh, study them better, of course. Yeah, um, onto the question of studying them. What do you actually do with this data once you collected it? When uh, we were in the laboratory, we downloaded all the pictures and all the... Um, the GPS information and the other stuff that we collected, and um, with the um, with the written as as we can say data such as um, GPS, uh, uh, different types of boats, birds, uh, sea state, uh, visibility, and etc. etc. We put them in an Excel uh, spreadsheet to collect them and to see date by date what was the different the different types of of course, information that we recorded. But the cool thing about the photos, and that's like 90% of the job that we did there, was photo ID. Okay. Well, what is what is photo ID? I mean, it, it sounds very straightforward. Like, is it just taking a photo and trying to see which dolphin it is? Or how does it work? It's... It's kind of like that, yes, but it's not as easy as it sounds. Actually, every single dolphin, uh, as we know, they have a dorsal fin. And every dorsal fin is different by shape, by length, 
and they have sometimes have these big these uh, little notches or some teeth mark some kind of uh, pattern that you can recognize in dolphins for example uh, the the fin can be in a banana shape with a big hole in it because sometimes when they, they play uh, between uh, between dolphins they can bite they can scratch and sometimes that leaves a mark on the dorsal fin and that is the main thing to recognize them so of course when you take pictures in the sea you you aim for the dorsal fin so when you are back in the lab you examine the photos and you compare the photo that you already have um, basically they created a catalog of all the photos of all the dolphins that they found during the years uh, in that area so when you uh, when you confront uh, the one um, took uh, the, one, the, the one picture took that day and the one in the catalog you can actually see if the the, the dolphin seen can be named uh, in the catalog they have many different uh, dolphins uh, catalog up to a hundred and uh, around 150 so every time that we went out we took the picture and back in the lab we identified um, uh, the dolphins and give them a name and that name was uh, recorded and um, uh, and assessed in base of what we saw the, during that day for example sometimes a couple of dolphins that were seen multiple times uh, with the fishing boats so the um, individual A was uh, seen many times during many days and many months uh, interacting with boats so we in our future studies we can say that uh, some dolphins uh, feed uh, near the boats and that's one of the thing of the project to collect data and to see if there is a pattern in something that these dolphins do yeah i i heard as well for um, other cetaceans for example humpbacks that their fins in in humpback whales it's mostly their their tail actually um but this can just be like a human fingerprint in its uniqueness so you can perfectly well see which uh individual it is from just seeing their fins that's really cool so there were 150 individuals at least that, that are recorded in the Ligurian Sea? Yeah, in that area where about, yeah, if I don't, if I remember right, there was a, uh, was about 150 in, um, uh, around Imperia, which was the city with the, what the project was based on. But, uh, there's a lot more, you know, the Ligurian Sea, of course. So why are you doing this photo identification? Why, why is it important? It's important to uh, to study and analyze, analyze the population. Um, if you if you make a base of the population, you need uh, the photos of the fins, and if you can, also the photo of the body of those animals. So you can say if they're fe male or female, if they have um, uh, children. One thing which is very important when you take photos. Uh, if there is a baby or a newborn or a calf around because the calves stay with the mother for about uh, three, four years. It depends um, species and individual, but around three, four years. 
So if you take the picture with the mother and the son, you can identify the bigger, uh, the bigger animal as the mother. So it's a female, and you can see the story, for example, of the child. You can see as well when they leave the mother. So you can bring more uh, studies about uh, uh, parenting of dolphins. Uh, as well, you can say a uh, pattern of distribution. If you see the dolphins at the end of that area or in the other area, how much you traveled per days or in month, where do they feed? So if you if you see a big feeding and you take photos and you see, oh, there is uh, 25 different dolphins feeding in this area. Last uh, last uh, last week we saw uh, 20 dolphins in this area, ah, and we can recognize as well that five of them were in each the feeding. So you can. You can create patterns with photos, you can recognize the individuals, and you can create a story about them. I guess it could be used to find out their life history, right? Yeah, exactly. For example, we had one individual that was seen uh, very north of the point that it was seen like a month later, and one other that uh, it was seen for years in that area, and then it disappeared. They thought it was dead, but then it was seen in France after uh, two years. So you can create the story of many dolphins, how they move around the coast. Sometimes they stay four or five years in the same zone and then they shift because some uh, shifting environment or more human activity or scarcity of food as well. So you can exactly create uh, the life history of some individuals. And of course, it's all uh, for studying their population and try to proposals for projects for funding and to help them and protect them because they're uh, they're not uh, safe right now in our seas no and what you said about one individual being seen in a completely different place um, than where it was expected um, this can tell us something about the changing environment and it can be a great indicator to see, okay, maybe something is going wrong in our environment and maybe we have to change something. Maybe we are um, producing some sort of impact on this environment, which is um, the opposite of beneficial for sea life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Every time that we do something, uh, on land but also in the sea it, it, it affects the life in it so like there was a full story but sad about this killer wave that entered the Mediterranean Sea uh, in the Mediterranean Sea we don't have killer waves but there was a pod which is a group of killer waves that entered and it was about three or four if I don't remember with um, with um, with a newborn with a calf and uh, they were spotted uh, at the beginning in some um, some areas of Spain and then in the uh, the Baleari Islands and then outside the outside the Genova the in the Ligurian Sea and um, as you can see they traveled a lot and they were were not going out because they they don't live in the Mediterranean Sea they live outside in the ocean but they came in for a reason there was something uh, something that uh, moved them from their natural habitat to an, a different habitat that was not theirs. And at the end, 
all of them died because uh, it was not the environment, uh, there was not enough food for them and probably they were stressed because a lot of boats were approaching them be because it's a weird thing to see a killer wave in the Mediterranean. So a lot of private boats and fishing boats were approaching them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird for us to see a killer whale in the Mediterranean Sea, but it must be even weirder for them to actually be in an environment that they know nothing about. And suddenly there's all this boat traffic that they haven't interacted with before. So they must have been really confused there as well. And there, like you said, there is a reason that they left their original environment to go into this new environment. And... There, there was actually really recently a story about this uh, in the Netherlands because there was a dolphin who for some reason was found in some inland waters um, and it is still sort of a mystery why this dolphin was actually there, what was going on that drove it um, to inland waters because, well, of course it's far from their natural habitat. And well, unfortunately, that that uh, that dolphin also uh, passed away. Um, but it just goes to show how important it is to really understand these creatures. And I guess photo identification to uh, to kind of link back to that is a great way of studying them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For example, the one story I was saying about their killer wave, they were identify them they were they knew which individual was in the mediterranean because of the photo id did in iceland in iceland they saw the same individuals like a few years back they took photos they did a catalog and then when years after they went seen in the mediterranean they could trace it back to iceland because of the photo id because you can recognize them by the, their fins oh yeah just, just to talk a little bit more about your uh, your internship, uh, were there any really exciting things that happened? Of course, uh, the story I told in the in uh, the first episode of our podcast when we saw sperm whale, and it was of course very exciting to see this big giant animal coming out of of the sea and with this beautiful tail going down. It was like fantastic experience I can never forget. Yeah. And uh, another time we saw as well some common dolphins. Uh, as I said earlier, we saw different type of uh, other animals such as like uh, turtles. We saw carreta carreta. We saw different mobula rays. This uh, devil of the Mediterranean, as is it called, this giant rays. Uh, they're so beautiful. And even we, we managed to record them with uh, some GoPros and we made spectacular videos and um, we saw the moonfish a few times and um, yeah that was quite an, uh, quite an experience to be honest yeah I can imagine and would you have any recommendations for if someone would want to do something similar what could they try of course they could try some uh independent research to know about many possibilities and many facts about different cetacean but of course try before doing anything like this which is quite uh, heavy because you have to stay in the sea for hours and hours as a start i would recommend to uh, 
to approach this world with uh, some whale watching boats and i think that is a good start if you if you not if you don't know anything just go on a couple of whale watching boats get used to spotting different animals to see them if you actually enjoy them and of course you do because they're beautiful everyone loves whales and dolphins <laughs> but you never know you never know so that that is a good start all right everyone that's all we have time for today thank you very much for listening and i hope you enjoyed my story of course i did uh have fun telling it and of course working with dolphins and whales next week we will be back with another episode which is going to be about seabirds and remember care about our oceans about our beautiful seas don't pollute and uh, love whales as everyone else <laughs> that's some great advice thanks everyone for listening and we will be back next week <laughs>